Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Vanessa Van Edwards, I met her. We shared the stage together at GLS Global Leadership Summit. She was awesome. She got amazing feedback you know, from close friends and clients, people that I love and trust. I started following her, checking out what she's into. And the more I get to meet her, the more I think she's just awesome. She's got great content. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. So she has a new book out called Cues. So her first book was called Captivate, The Science of Succeeding with People. It's translated into 16 languages. She's had more than 50 million people watch her videos on YouTube and her TED Talk. She has a massive YouTube channel, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. She's been featured in you know, Fast Company, Entrepreneur, USA Today, all the big ones. She spoke at South by Southwest, MIT, CES, Google, Facebook. So I want to hear about cues and, and we'll talk about that. And we'll, we'll also get some behind the scenes from her because she's really, really good at what she does. Vanessa Van Edwards, welcome Woo-hoo. back. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be back with you and talk about everything. You know, I love a cue. You send good cues, Rory. I love oh. your cues. You oh, do. what is okay? So tell us cues. Let, tell yeah. us about the. So this is the new book, and yes. and everything you do is basically science backed communication skills ish, right? Oh, man, that's it. That's it. So yes. So I'm a recovering awkward person. So I learn social skills and communication with black and white formulas, blueprints. I like to lay it out. And so this journey for this book, so a cue is a social signal humans send to each other. I Mm. never thought I would write this book. I never thought I would write it. This was a a secret science that I was embarrassed about. Like it started off for my own use. And I'll tell you the moment it started. So 17 years ago, I was in the peak of my awkward stage and I was watching Lance Armstrong on Larry King Live. And Larry King asked Lance Armstrong, have you ever doped? Now, spoiler alert, Lance was doping. But in this interview, he told a flat out lie. He said, no, I've never doped. And then right after he said it, he did a lip purse. He pressed his lips into a firm line. Mm. He pressed his lips down together. And I remember watching that interview and thinking, what was that? Like my spidey sense knew something was off, but that specific cue, I didn't even know it was called the cue back then. I said, what was that? So I began to look in the research. What is that body language gesture? It turns out that is a universal sign of withholding. When humans want to hold something back or keep it together or keep it in, liars often do it. They press their lips together. We press our lips together just to say, don't say it. Don't get yourself in trouble. Interesting. Interesting. What? And so I started to see this lip purse on people in shame, people in guilt, people who are lying. And I wondered, okay. What if we could study humans, like we study foreign languages, where we break down behavior into specific cues, into our trust cues, our power cues, our danger zone cues, our trust, our our charisma cues. And that's exactly what this book was. I was spent the last 17 years cataloging all these cues, seeing if we could learn to speak them. So (laughs) I love that. I was taking notes here. The (laughs) 17 years you're cataloging these. Yes. Yes. Are they all physical? 
I mean, are, is that like, like when you, cause when you say study it like a language, you know, when I hear like science back communication, a lot of times it's like your voice and your, hmm. you know, but are these like more like gestures, conscious or subconscious gestures? It's a great question. So in the beginning, it started off as all gestures. I was like, okay, nonverbal, right? Facial expression, gestures, posture, yeah. movement, eyebrow raises, right? But then I realized, and the research actually backs this up as well, is there's actually different ways that we ch- broadcast our cues. There's four of them. So the first one is nonverbal, and that's actually the biggest. 60 to 90% of our communication is nonverbal. And when I say that, people are always shocked. But think about if someone were to say that they were fine, I'm fine and hold like a really angry face, you would know they were not fine. In other words, we give more weight to nonverbal. So that's the biggest one. The second one is vocal. So how we deliver our words, words, our pace, our cadence, our volume, our pitch. So how we say our words is just important as what we say. The third one is verbal. So the actual words we we use, of course, that's how we communicate lots of cues in the hidden signals in our words. And I have a whole chapter on sort of the secret things you can find out about someone's charisma simply based on the words they use in emails. And the last one, the one that's forgotten is imagery, the colors we wear, the props in our background, what we're carrying in our profile photo, even personality, even fonts have personality, the props that we use, the jewelry we wear. So imagery is the last small one. Mm -hmm. So you said that I have good cues. Are you reading me? Is there something that I'm that I do that I well, right now you're you just not, got nervous. Not fixing my hair. You just yeah. got nervous. I saw because you're reading me. I, well, a little bit. I can't help it. Once so, this is a blessing and a curse. I will warn you. I should actually. I thought about having a warning at the beginning of the book, and my publisher said no, which was that these cues. Once you see them, you cannot unsee them. <laughs> So once you, there's 96 of them, right? They're very learnable. Once you begin to learn them, you see them everywhere and you can't really turn it off, which is both a blessing and a curse. So yes, the very first time I met you, you immediately broadcast the two most important types of cues. So there's four different ways that we communicate our cues. But the next thing we have to understand is what are we looking for? As humans, when we're interacting, like, you know, we're listening to this show, we hop on a video call, we meet someone in person, how do we break down someone's cues in a way that actually helps us interact with them? And it turns out, this is research from Princeton University. They found that very, very highly charismatic people, the people that we love to be around, the people that we're, we're, we're drawn to. I think that Roy, you are a very highly charismatic person. The Thank reason you. why they're, yes. Oh yes. The reason why you're highly charismatic, if, I, if, if you would let me break you down. For a Tell second. me, break me down, okay. break me down, okay, sister. Let's do okay, let's do it. So The reason why highly charismatic people are so charismatic is because they are purposefully sending off very positive cues of two traits. This is exactly what the researchers found. Highly charismatic people have the perfect blend of warmth and competence. That when we're interacting with competence with a P, competence with a P, not confidence. That's that's, that's yeah, that's a big distinction. That's an important distinction. It's a really important thing. It's not confidence. It's competence. In other words. Really highly charismatic people at the very same time, warm, open, collaborative, trustworthy, likable. But at the same time, they're also competent, powerful, efficient, impressive, productive. And the reason for that is because we like people who answer the two questions, can I trust you? And can I rely on you? And so when I first met you, you were broadcasting. I think you might do it subconsciously because since you haven't read, I haven't, your cues just came out. So I don't think you've read that one yet. Is that you naturally are picking these cues that are both trustworthy and very competent, which makes me want to talk to you, engage with you, 
makes me want to level up with you. That's because when we're around charismatic people, we want to catch that charisma. We like to, we feel like it rubs off on us too. So what are some of the cues? Let's talk about buying signals. Okay. Yes. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're a personal brand, you might be a CPA, your financial advisor, real estate mortgage, or maybe you're a coach and you're you know trying to go like, is this person ready to buy? Like those are classic cues. And that's, you know, the world we came from was is sales. And and that's part mm-hmm. of it. Probably where I developed these For learning sure. cues is I knocked on, I knocked on I over 20,000 doors. Like I did five years of knocking on doors, right? So you pick up some of these things. What can I look for that tells me that somebody's ready to buy? They're ready to book me for the interview. They're ready to buy my my keynote or buy my book or buy my service or what what am I looking for? Okay, so before we even get to that, I'm gonna make a really big statement, which is starts with a corny metaphor, which is that very, very brilliant people have are, it's impossible for them to share their ideas if they have bad cues. And the way that I think about this as a metaphor is that if your ideas are a car, cues are the gas. And this is the problem with really smart entrepreneurs, really smart business people, is they have great ideas, a great product, a great service, and they cannot get it to move. They literally cannot get the gas for that car. And that is because really smart people rely too much on their ideas. They think, well, my idea is great. I don't have to worry about how I talk about it because the idea is so good that it will just speak for itself. That does not work. Our ideas have to have cues to be able to communicate. And so the very first thing that we think about before you even look for buying signals, which we can talk about is you need to make sure your website, your LinkedIn profile, your social media profile pictures, all are signaling or broadcasting warmth and competence. Hmm. Your digital first impression, when someone Googles you or they look at your LinkedIn profile, they look at your website, I actually count on our website, how many warmth and competence cues we have. I'll give you a really basic example of how this works. Warmth are things that create the warm and fuzzies for us. They're stories, they're relatable, they're likable. Competence are data, research, numbers, proof, recommendations. So Casper Mattress is one case study that I like to use because it's a very, very easy way to think about this. The reason I think that Casper blew up, I mean, literally just destroyed the mattress market is not only because they have a great mattress. There's been a lot of great mattresses in the past, but remember that's like having a really good idea and not knowing how to share it. If you look at Casper's website, they have the perfect balance of warmth sales cues and competent sales cues. Their tagline is obsessively engineered at outrageous comfort. Those are two. So talking about words, right? Words can also be warm and competent. Competent words make us want to do things. They make us want to achieve things. Warm words make us feel good. So obsessively engineered are two competence cues. We like things that have a lot of research done. Balanced with, with outrageous comfort, that makes us feel good. So their tagline is the perfect balance of warm and competent. If you go down their website, you'll see pictures of kids jumping on beds, warm. Proof of our Casper labs with guys in lab coats, competent. Quote from Vogue about how your bed is your new desk, funny, warm. Research, five stars rated from Consumer Reports, competent. Warm, clouds and pictures of people sleeping, warm. Like, right, so you literally, all the way down the website, you see this perfect balance. That is tingling something deep inside of us as humans of, "Ah, I can trust this brand and I can rely on this brand. Does that make sense, that kind of breakdown? Totally, yeah. I mean, that that that's fascinating, right? I mean, if you're going to hire somebody, I mean, even if you think about how am I going to, if I'm going to hire someone to do a job, it's like, can they do the job? And am I going to like working with them? Like, it's pretty much 
what else is there? Are they going to do a great job? And am I, are they not going to annoy me? And like, you know, are they going to, are they going to be reliable and dependable and, and, yes. and show up? I think that's really fascinating. So, you know, cause that would translate to hiring. And so, you know, the way I process what you just said in the, in, in the reverse of, of sales is to go, what can I do to make myself more attractive? And what I'm selling is, is go. So if I'm talking, then that means I'm using customer testimonials and stories and our purpose and our why. And then the competence is like how many clients we've worked with and the results we've achieved and the testimonials. Got five star test, five star testimonials, um, all the media outlets, right? Like, so even my bio, right? You read that at the very start that if you count the number of warm and competent cues, you'll find a, a perfect balance. So like science of people, my company's name is very competent. I did that on purpose because I know women tend to default to higher and warmth. That's just a, a, a basic gender difference. And so I knew that I had to use, I have to use a little more data, a little more research, a little more science to sort of balance out that natural aspect of who I am. So science of people, then the media logos or the media mentions, those are competent, helping people that's warm, right? So exactly as you mentioned, you're balancing that out. On the cues side for your buyers, so there's two sides of cues, decoding and encoding. We've been talking about encoding, the signals you send to others. What's just as important though is decoding, making sure you're spotting the right cues in your in your folks. Here's my favorite sales cue, or, or I would say customer report cue, if we don't even say sales, which is the lower lid flex. I know this is a really weird one, but the lower lid flex is we harden our lower lids as if we're like squinting to see something better. It's just your lower lids. There you go. You your lower it. eyelids? Lower eyelid. Yeah. So if you, so if you try to see something across the room, you'll harden your lower lids. This is a natural biological response. And what research has found, the reason all humans do this across genders and cultures and races is because when we're trying to see more detail, our lids close to block out the light to see more detail. They found that when people are listening and their brain just went from listening to doubting, or listening to scrutinizing, our lower lids will flex. It's as if our body's going, I don't know about that. This is the single biggest missed cue in sales. If you are on video call or you are in person, you're going through your pitch, you're sharing your great idea, and you see that lower lid flex, pause, stop, and ask questions. Does that make sense? Is that all good? You know, let me explain something else here. How's that sound to you? You are going to get right in that moment any doubt. The biggest problem for sales folks or entrepreneurs is they don't realize why they didn't get the job. You know, they, they think it went well, they leave and they're like, why didn't I get the job? Why didn't they say yes? It's probably because you missed that little lower lid flex. It signaled literally a, a, a switch in their brain that went, I don't know about that. Hi, it's AJ Vaden. And thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. So you're saying that that is a sign of skepticism. Yes, it's a sign of. So like when you focus, it's like, you know, it's like a side eye. 
It's a side eye. It's like, side and also, yes. And it's also, it's right before skepticism. So the nice thing about it is it just means intensity, intense focus. So if you stop and you address it, you can actually prevent a future no or skepticism from coming. In our lab, we analyzed, you know, the show. I love that. That's really, that's really huge and important. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. And you see it now, you'll see it all the time. You can see it on video too, which is amazing. It's like I'm critical, but I'm not yet skeptical. But if I catch you, if I catch you while you're critical, I can win you back. There you go. Exactly right. So we saw this on, we, I love the show Shark Tank, which is a show obviously where- Me too. uh, I love, love that show. So we analyzed 495 Shark Tank pitches. It was thousands and thousands of hours of data looking for patterns. Was there things that successful entrepreneurs did in the tank that were more likely to get them a deal? And we noticed, and again, we're looking at the show and you see a lot of cut footage, but on Shark Tank, the successful entrepreneurs would spot a shark hardening their lower lids and then address their concern, right? Kevin, you know, I see that you're skeptical. Let me bring up some more data for you. Or Lori, you know, I know this is a surprise for you, but here's what we're planning. We really want to work with you. They were dynamic on their feet. The worst pitchers, and I I talk about this a lot in the book, I break down um, Jamie Siminoff's Shark Tank pitch who pitched Ring in the tank. So Ring is a billion dollar company. He pitched Ring in the Shark Tank and it completely bombed. This is what's critically important is Jamie Siminoff had a billion dollar idea. Right. Amazon acquired it for a billion dollars. Richard Branson invested, Shaq invested, but he went on Shark Tank with this brilliant billion dollar idea and it totally bombed. That is because our ideas cannot stand by themselves. He delivered it so poorly without competence and warmth cues that everyone was out. And a couple of years later, he came back into the Shark Tank as as an investor. So what happened in that pitch is he actually gave away all of his competence and warmth. He wanted his idea to speak for itself. But even though this company had amazing numbers and amazing growth, they could not buy into the idea because his cues were so bad. What are some of the other common cues? Let's go back to encoding. So what are the other common mistakes that people send? Like you might be on a first date, you might be trying to make a sales call, you might be trying to get a job. Let's talk about what Jamie Siminoff should have done, right? So like this is, his pitch is so demonstrative. So encoding on the encoding side, the very first few words out of your mouth. So that could be, Mm. hello, that could be, my name is Rory. That could be so good to see you. Okay. So the first 10 words out of your mouth are incredibly important for your vocal first impression. We are listening for confidence cues. I do say confidence with an F, confidence. That is because when we hear someone who's anxious, we don't want to catch it. And so we're in the first 10 seconds, we're listening for any vocal anxiety. The biggest way we give away our vocal anxiety is we use the question flexion on a statement. So Jamie Siminoff, the way he did this is he entered the tank where he knocked on the door. So he closed the doors to the tank and he knocked on the door because he was trying to show like a doorbell. So he knocked on the door and his first line was this, it's Jamie here to pitch. So the question reflections, we go up at the end of our sentence as if we're asking a question. The problem is, and research has found this, when people hear the question inflection mistakenly used on a statement, my name is Vanessa, it's Jamie, here to pitch, our brain goes from listening to scrutinizing. In other words, we know, wait a minute, something wasn't right about that. So the most important thing you can do is in the first 10 seconds, in person, on the phone, in video, is go down at the end of your sentence. So it's so good to see you. My name is Vanessa, and I'm really excited to pitch you this idea today. That's downward, right? I'm keeping my words down. It actually signals high confidence. If I said, my name is Vanessa, I'm here to pitch. 
so happy to be here today? No, like you would know. I don't want, you don't know, your brain doesn't know why, but you know, you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a subconscious, you pick up, a lot of this is totally subconscious it's, in terms yes. of what we're sending and what we're, what we're receiving, yes. but it's huge. So this is fascinating. Y'all, the book is called Cues, all right? So Vanessa Van Edwards is who we're, who we're talking to. I want to just spend a couple minutes, Vanessa, talking about the business behind your business because you do a brilliant job. I mean, your YouTube channel is awesome. Like, and it's so straightforward. Like I would encourage, I'd encourage our audience to go look at it and and just go, it's not a bunch of razzle dazzle and cameras and motion graphics. And it's just, it's just delivering value straight to the camera, a few basic cuts. And it's super inspiring to me because I, a lot, a lot of people listen to this show. It's like, they're an expert on something and they yeah. get lost in, oh, it has to be beautiful and perfect. Nope. And where do I get a graphic designer and a video editor? And it's like, you're such a great example of like, deliver the goods, add values to people's lives, do it consistently, a few basic things. So I love that. How do you do book launches? I'm curious about this because your books have done really, really well. And we do a lot of big launches, right? We've done for our own books, big launches. But the thing that really makes the career, I mean, it helps to hit the New York Times for sure. But what really makes the career is when you can have that book, you know, or books that sell 500 units every week, a thousand units. I mean, you know, if you're lucky, you'll you'll write John Gordon's Energy Bus or Patrick, you know, Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team and it'll sell 2000 units, 5000 units every week. But, you know, like Ryan Holiday is another person who's done a great job of this. Like he, he yes. does la- good launches, but it's like, it's not really about the launch. He sells mm-hmm. 800 units every week of all of his titles. And, you know, there's spikes, of course. And you're, you do that. And I yeah. love that. How do you do that? Yes. So <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for my way for the kind words. So Captivate came out in 2017. We had a nice, really big launch. I think we were number four on the Wall Street Journal list. And since then, even you know, five, six years later, we sell about 300 to 600 copies a week. And that, you know, that doesn't include our spikes, right? Like sometimes we have spikes from events. Hughes is doing extremely well, even better than Captivate. We're seven weeks out from that, but it's still selling extremely well, probably a thousand or more a week. So the way that I like to think about this is very weird. I have a very weird approach to this, which is YouTube is a search engine. And what I mean by that is people put YouTube in the social media category. It is not social media. It is a search engine, meaning people are not only going into YouTube and searching their needs, Google is also serving up YouTube as an answer to their needs. So for this reason, we think about, okay, who is our ideal person? Our ideal person is an incredibly brilliant professional, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, both male and female. We literally have almost exactly split, usually around 30 to 55. Okay, so I know my person, they're really smart. They're trying to level up their career. They've often been held back by some communication or soft skill. Okay, I know that person is. What we do is we do specific keyword research in AHREFs. That's the service we use. It's like a software. You can use, I think there's a couple of different ones out there. Yeah, Moz or, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, Uber Suggest, et cetera. But AHREFs is, I think think that's what our team uses too. AHREFs has a secret tab. It's not so secret because I'm about to tell you about it, which is most people use AHREFs for Google. We use Ahrefs for YouTube. So I will go in the YouTube tab and I will search first. I think about what are the 50 to 20 keywords or search phrases I think people are going to use to get to a book. So for cues, I started writing cues over two years ago. The very first thing I did is, okay, cues are about reading people, breaking down behavior, communication, charisma, 
right? I made a whole list of all those terms, short and long. And then I had my writing team begin to pump out articles and especially video scripts for me on those specific keywords so that I can already come up for what I know my people are searching for and then serve them really helpful content, like really helpful, like free content, but then also the book. So before cues even came out, we were ranking one, two, or three in those big spots for our YouTube videos. The articles mm. are actually less important than the YouTube videos. So that when someone is in YouTube and they search charismatic conversation or how to make small how talk, to- yeah, how to be more charismatic. Like Exactly. Our videos come up and on the back end of the video, I'm selling the book and the bottom of the video, I'm selling the book. And so I think that every single entrepreneur, it doesn't matter what you do, you should have a YouTube presence. And by the way, I don't work for YouTube. I don't teach YouTube courses. I don't teach you how to sell on YouTube. So I have no reason to recommend this because I, I actually, it hurts me the more people who come on YouTube, but I feel so passionately about it because whatever your product service book is, if YouTube is a search engine, you have to have a presence on there for your top 50 keywords, because that's a way that you're going to be able to drive people to your product or service. And that is exactly how we sell books. I mean, that is so brilliant and simple. Like, simple. Because because we understand search engine optimization. We understand, you know, even like YouTube optimization, but just the idea of putting your book on there and you said you put your book at the at the back of the video and on the bottom i and i i think you're you're saying literally there's like a an a ad button. a buy button yeah. we literally so at the so first of all just to get really into tactics is typically our videos well our videos around 10 20 minutes on average but you should have you should mention your book organically or your service organically ideally in the first third or half of the video. So while I'm teaching, while I'm giving highly valuable, really engaging tips, I never want someone to click on a video and feel like it was a waste of their time. Some point in the first third or half of the video, I will say, and all this research comes from cues. Be sure to check it out on Amazon or on Audible. And then I keep delivering, keep delivering. In the description of the video, I have not only a link to the Amazon and the Audible, but I also use a plugin in YouTube that has a little buy merch shelf. So on our little buy merch shelf below every video, actually, we don't do it for every video. We only do it for videos that directly sell our books. I have Captivate. I have Cues. I have People School, our big master course. So it's right below the video. And at the very end, I put a little promo to our book where I'm like, hey, if you like these tips, check out Cues, check out Captivate, give this video a like, give us a subscribe. I'll be putting out free content every Wednesday. So that way there's a couple of mentions. And what I found is I either get a subscribe because I'm delivering good content or they literally go, go buy the book. You said there's a you're using a plugin in the description. I am. I am yes. It's a special plugin. It's Q-A-Y-A. I don't know how to say it. Quaya? Chaya, Kaya? I don't know. Q-A-Y-A. But it's a it's a plugin that we literally enabled for YouTube that adds a merch shelf, which is like another secret that a lot of people, a merch oh. shelf. Yeah, you can sell anything on there. So like if we have a course launch, like we have a lie detection course, I can sw- swap that into my merch shelf on my lie detection related videos. Oh, so basically like you you can just make a change and it'll roll through all those videos at once? It's manual. It's manual. <laughs> okay. So you have to manual. go manually update all the videos. Yeah. Wowzers. Yeah. But like, see, this, this makes so much sense because like, you know, cause now we have access to book scan and, and we're doing all these book launches and blah, 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 you know? And so we're seeing like which books are trend and the natural life cycle is a huge spike, you know, hang on then, there as long as you can <laughs> like <they> disappear. <laughs> and then a lot of times it just disappears, but yeah. like you see some of them where it's just this steady, like it's just going. And, and and part of it is, you know, write a good book, have a good speaking career, like add value, do all, all of the right. things. But 
the way what you're describing makes so much sense because it aligns with the way that search happens. It's it's steady and it's organic and it happens week in and, and week out. And it's going after your specific key terms, right? It's not book promo for my new book. It's not what it's called. It's called how to be more charismatic, how to read people, how to have conversations with anyone. Like it's, it's specific keywords. And so thinking really carefully about that is extremely helpful. And I think you, know, you don't have to have videos forever. Like that's the mistake that also people make is they're like, oh, once I start a YouTube channel, I can never stop. I'm like, no, it's a search engine. Create 20 incredible videos. By incredible, I don't mean fancy. I mean, just really high value. And like useful. useful, useful. Those are your 20, like 98% of our ad revenue on YouTube. So we also run ads on YouTube. 98% of our ad revenue on YouTube is from my back catalog. So it doesn't have to be that you're posting new videos every week. No, most of my money and our views are from videos I posted eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Wow. When you say you run ads on YouTube, you're saying you allow people to run ads on your yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah, I enable YouTube ads behind the video. Yeah. Do, do you run paid ads on YouTube? Like, I do not run. Nope, I don't. You don't run never. ads for your stuff. This is a completely no, organic our, strategy, a complete like a yeah. search strategy. We, 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 all of our traffic 100% is organic and we have millions of visitors every month, except for during launch. So during launches, we do do paid ads. But y'all like Vanessa is the perfect example of how we just talk about it. If you just add value and you That's just it. add value. One of our philosophies at Brand Builders Group is we say, save the best for first. Mm -hmm. We tell people, save the best for first, like just put it That's out it. there. And, and eight would, years later, you're still ringing and you're still ringing the register. Yes. And, and maybe this is a good place to sort of end on, which is our saying, this is what I teach all my writers, is we are aggressively helpful, relentlessly helpful. Like if I feel that something in a video is boring or not helpful, cut it. I don't care about the fancy graphics. I have one camera in a room. It's like a closet. I'm in here right now and that's it. But if it's not relentlessly, aggressively helpful, cut it. That is more important than any fancy graphic, any video equipment that you can get. And so that's, I think what you have to think about is like, how can you just be aggressively helpful? Love it. So brilliant. So the book is called cues. That's the new book. Where do you want to point people to go, Vanessa? If they want to, obviously we talked about your YouTube channel, where would you direct people? Yes. So it's on Amazon. It's available wherever books are sold. I read the audible book. If you like my, uh, my unique vocal power, I do some fun. There's a whole vocal section. So I do some really fun ones in there. And also I just want to thank Rory so much. You know, you, I don't know if your, your listeners know that you are relentlessly helpful. Like literally I have to tell you to stop helping me. You're such a giver. You're so kind. You always give, give, give. And there's no feeling of like, oh, I, I need it in return. It's literally just you're relentlessly helpful. And so for people who are listening, like Rory is the real deal. And I'm so grateful. Oh, well, thank you so much, buddy. I mean, it's it's what works. I was mentored by Zig Ziglar and he has that famous quote, if you help enough other people get what they want, you get what you want. It's like, you can go all in on it. Like you can just, just yes. test it. Like just, it feels so good. It feels yeah. so good. Like you don't yeah. have to, you don't have to sell or do anything. Like all you're doing is helping no. people all day long. And then just like, it just comes back. And I love seeing that as a content marketing strategy. I need, I may, I, maybe I need to do that. Maybe I'm being too stingy with my YouTube videos. Maybe that's why my, maybe that's why my channel's not growing. Like I'm not being, I'm not being helpful enough there. So anyways, Vanessa Van Edwards, brilliant, sharp, intelligent, useful, helpful. We are so excited and, and to, to know you and to promote you and to be associated. So keep kicking butt, girl. We believe in you. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks you so much for having me. 
That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 